Well, can you believe this? It is Friday, but not just any other Friday. It is the 300th Friday of doing this, Andrew. Can you believe it? 300 Fridays in a row, no repeats, no off-season, no rest for the wicked. (laughs) Or the ones who used to be wicked and are now righteous, thanks to Jesus Christ. Amen. So here we are on the Speaking for Him podcast for 300. So, Adam, do you want to kick us off with our quote of the day? I would be more than happy to, and this comes from Mr. Charles Spurgeon. I know of nothing which I would choose to have as a subject of my ambition for life than to be kept faithful to my God till death, still to be a soul winner, still to be a true herald of the cross, and testify the name of Jesus to the last hour. It is only such who in the ministry shall be saved. All right, so that is really an ambition of mine, and that's one of the things I've tried to bring across through these 300 episodes of the Speaking for Him podcast is the saving grace of Jesus Christ, and I'm looking over at Adam, hoping that he remembered to press record. Yes, <laughs> yes, this is happening. You will hear this again, I promise. Uh, so I, 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 I am seeing that he did, so that's great, and we will continue <laughs> on, um, but Adam... Uh, to start us off, can you just give us some of your thoughts about the podcast and how far we've come and what, just what you're thinking right now? Man, we were just talking about that before we went on. Uh, when we first started, which it's going to be six years officially in October, we were talking about how we didn't have an official outro. Our first show was like 11 minutes because <laughs> we were like, all right, let's turn on the mics and see what happened. And to see how God's provided through the past six years of guests and topics – We were talking about that before, too. Just, I mean, Andrew, you do the creative side of the podcast with the ideas and the topics. So to come up with 300 of those, uh, honestly, my friend, that is not an easy feat to do coming from being in radio. So it's been incredible to see that evolve and more doors open through that. And it's going to be so much fun to look back tonight and just look at the amazing times that we've had and continue to have today. As a matter of fact, that's a great segue into what you're about to hear because today we're going to take a look back at several different shows, but we've broken them up into categories. So this first group of shows that you're going to hear highlights from are six of our best interview shows. I was going to try to go with five, and there are just so many good interviews (laughs) that I decided to go with six. And you probably have some on your list that didn't make it into this reel. So if you as a listener are sitting there thinking, well, Why didn't mine make it in? Please make sure that you're more vocal on our Facebook page and on our on our blog page in the next year, (laughs) so that you can be included. Because we want to include as many people on this show as we can. It's not a one person project. I have two other guys that help me here with Adam and Chad, who are both on mic today, and so many others that have helped me through the years. So it's not a one person project by any stretch. So let's roll the first reel. Welcome to the show, Uncle Charlie. Could we get started by you letting our listeners know how you came to know Jesus Christ in a personal way? Our family went to hear Evangelist John R. Wright. My folks told me later that I seemed to be really listening. That night in our bedroom, my brother Harry talked to me about receiving Jesus as my Savior. And that night I prayed and asked Jesus to come into my heart and life, and I've never been sorry. And the next morning, I ran down to tell my folks what happened. My dad said, I was about ready to come up and tell you boys go to sleep but if that is what was happening i'm glad i didn't so that's when i pegged the time that i came to know christ as my savior and i'm glad i didn't wait any longer 
I just got a chance to watch Wally from the Wally Show, so I'm very excited now to have the opportunity to interview him. The world doesn't hate Christians because they make mistakes. They hate Christians because they make mistakes and pretend that they don't. It's not a secret to the rest of the world that we're a mess, you know, and so if you live your life like everyone else does as far as just being honest about it and, and like you don't have all the answers, I think you'll do more things for your faith and through your faith and you might even see your own faith grow as a result of that because there's something kind of freeing about letting down some of those guards and those things that we think we have to do those appearances that we think we have to keep up and we're welcoming in sarah blair who is a i believe the youngest legislator currently in the united states of america was actually 16 when I made the decision to run at the end of my junior year. If somebody, some young person of this generation wants to get involved in politics, what would be a good starting place? What directly affects you the most is your local city councils, your mayor, your state representative. Get to know them because a lot of them are very open and they'll sit down anytime that anybody calls me, even if they're not necessarily my constituent, but if they're a West Virginian even. Um, I love to just talk to them for a few minutes, explain to them what I do do. So I definitely say reach out to your local representative. You know, that saline infusion abortion involved injecting a toxic salt solution into the amniotic fluid surrounding me in my birth mother's womb. And on the fifth day of the abortion procedure, my birth mother's premature labor was induced. You know, I was supposed to be delivered then as a successful abortion, a deceased child. But by the grace of God, I was delivered alive. Gratefully, two nurses on staff at the hospital found out about that secret abortion and the little girl who had survived, and they fought for medical care to be provided to me. And that medical care ultimately sustained my life. I don't look like I was fighting for my life when I survived, but I was. All right, well, this is Andrew Gomison, and I'm very privileged today to be joined by phone by Lauren Chapin, who many of you will know as Kitten on the Father Knows Best TV show. Could you talk specifically about your relationship with Robert Young? He was just the most darling man in the whole world. He was the kindest, most loving gentleman. He would drive over to my house and pick me up for the weekend and take me home to his house. And I would play with his four daughters. I didn't have a father living in the house, so Mr. Young was my second daddy. Just really the nicest, nicest man in the whole world. Our guest is the operator of Chick-fil-A Grand Rapids South. His name is Brad Sperlin. You know, God blessed me. and Most like my faith, I had a relationship with a current owner mm-hmm. and saw the fruits and, and the blessings that, that came along with it. But I, I speak of that in terms of really the blessings that uh, I as an operator and owner get to do with my community. It's, it's, it's an incredible uh, opportunity and blessing to come along so many great organizations in the community and work with them and support them. All right, so uh, it was about October of last year, or actually it was it was the beginning of September of last year, when Adam McNutt uh, pulled me into a meeting and said, I'm getting really busy here at the station and some other things I want to pursue. I need to step away a little bit from the day-to-day operations of the podcast. Um, 
are you okay with that? And my first thought was, well, I kind of have to be because <laughs> you've volunteered your time and given me so much. And I don't know, only Adam's work has leveled out to where he's able to be on a little bit more now again, but they're sharing the duties. So it's my privilege to have Chad in the studio as well. I like Truth it. is, he is I'm secretly being pushed out. <laughs> uh, that is not that is not true. No. As a matter of fact, we recently had a meeting about that and and restressed <laughs> our need for Chad. Um, so just so the truth is out there, um, <laughs> but Chad, you've been with us for uh, about eight months now. Yes. Um, so can you give us your thoughts about the podcast and what it's been like to be a part of it? It's been, it's been fun being a part of it. Um, I like the fact that I can use a little bit of creativity with the intros and try to, you know, make you laugh. He definitely is succeeds at that. <laughs> yes, <it is. laughs> and there's nothing more exciting, Adam, than watching the look <laughs> on Andrew's face when something comes up besides the usual intro yeah. and he just doesn't see it's coming. It is hilarious. And then, or if I say something like really great, like, like the Beatles, remember that when I played the girls screaming and stuff? Yes. Like, yeah. Get Andrew in. Come on. Somebody <laughs> shut the door. Shut the door. I, I, I totally didn't know what to say, except that I wish that to some degree that would replicate itself in real life. I, I, <laughs> I do remember saying that. I don't know if it was on the air, but now it is on this episode. But anyway, that's what I, that's the only thing I could think of because where do you go from that? I don't even remember what topic we were talking about on the podcast. But you remember day. the Beatles. But for the girls. <laughs> but fortunately I had notes. Otherwise I would really be dead. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, there's that. But okay. Uh, so my thoughts though are that this podcast is very pastoral. I, and, and I can see your humility and your love for Christ, and more importantly, your love for encouraging others in their faith so that they can grow in the Lord, and I commend you for that. You do a fantastic job. Well, thank you very much. I remember sitting at home as a kid and, and listening to Dr. Dobson on Focus on the Family and really knowing that that was kind of the model that I wanted to pattern a show off show after if I ever— And then I come and ruin um, it. <laughs> if, if I ever Beatles had a girls. show, and so, and so, I, I think that God has allowed me to do that, and I really am um, pleased with that. Uh, interesting behind the scenes thing is that when I first got permission to use the studio to do the podcast, my first thought was that I would be in one of the small production studios, and I got to uh, the studio that night, and Adam said, "Well, we can just pull into the main studio." Which was a real blessing because um, I have used the the small studio on occasion and a little factoid, we are actually recording the bulk of the show from the small studio of The Pledge. Um, so I'm thankful that it's here Yes, uh, because of technical issues. I like to be real on the radio, so let's just put it out there. <laughs> but anyway, so what that did though was it allowed me to conceptualize the idea of having interviews like the ones we just heard highlights from and it has just been a really great part of the podcast one of my favorite parts of the podcast is to tell other people's stories and how god has worked in their lives and given them grace to achieve great things um open chicken restaurants as you heard (laughs) and i was just telling i kind of mouthed to adam as we were listening to that last highlight reel that one of my favorite interviews ever was interviewing wally from the wally show um, in his uh, 
Nashville studio. So I that's that remains a highlight of my podcasting career. And so just I'm just so overwhelmed with gratitude for all that God has done through this podcast. And so we're going to um uh move on to our next reel, which uh gives us some insights on our holiday episodes. And we're going to get started by going to Adam for some historical facts about Christmas. In the Middle Ages, so we're going back to the 15th, 16th century, Christmas celebrations were rowdy and crazy, a lot like today's Mardi Gras parties. Christmas was not always a federal holiday in the United States. Andrew, I got to ask you real quick. Do you like eggnog? I always have the non-alcoholic variety. Just to put <laughs> that out there and make that very clear. Yeah. <laughs> the first glass of eggnog was actually made in the United States, and it was consumed in Captain John Smith's 1607 Jamestown settlement. And now I'd like to ask you, Adam, before we go away from yes. you for a while. Mm-hmm. And that is, do you, are there any specific Christmas traditions in the McNutt household? Things that you do only at Christmas that you look forward to? There is. And, you know, the first thing that comes to mind, because I just, I, I, I love food. <laughs> I'm not gonna, we have a big meal on Christmas Eve. That's usually our big, big dinner. And then we still have a nicer, smaller dinner on Christmas Day after church and a Christmas breakfast, and open gifts and such. All right. Well, Dave, do you have any to share with us? Well, I like Adam like like food, so it's gonna sit around. <laughs> good food. man, yeah. good man. Yeah, yeah, this will actually include Ivor, so my wife's gonna really be pleased that I share the story. But one of the traditions <laughs> we always do is fondue, cheese fondue. And my kids love it. We bring the fondue pot out and they cut the little cubes of bread and make the cheese fondue. And for about fourteen years in a row, it's been creamy, beautiful cheese fondue. I'm very excited today because. My mom is someone that's very important to me. She led me to the Lord. Without her love and influence, I would not be here today doing what I'm doing, and I really appreciate that. It says here, the noblest calling in the world is that of a mother. True motherhood is the most beautiful of all arts and the greatest of all professions. It deserves the highest honor that man can give. We are doing a dramatic reading of A Christmas Herald by Charles Dickens. A Merry Christmas, Uncle. God save you. Bah, humbug. You don't mean that, I'm sure. I do. Merry Christmas. What right have you to be merry? What reason have you to be merry? You're poor enough. Come then. What right have you to be dismal? What reason have you to be morose? You're rich enough. But I'm sure I have always thought of Christmas time. The only time I know of in the long calendar of the year when men and women seem by one consent to open their shut-up hearts freely and to think of people them as if they were really fellow passengers to the grave and not another race of creatures bound on other journeys and therefore uncle though it has never put a scrap of gold or silver in my pocket i believe that it has done me good and will do me good and i say god bless it my name is john i remember the men who appeared to us and told us that the same jesus we had watched go into heaven will come again in the same way they told us to stop gazing into heaven It was a subtle way for God to remind us that he had work to do. God did send us the Holy Spirit just as he promised, and I spend as much time as possible telling people with his help that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that if you believe this, you can have life through his name. My prayer for you 
is that you experience this for yourself. After all, He came to give you life and give it to you more abundantly. You can have that life because He lives. And there you have another interesting feature of the Speaking for Him podcast, the holiday episodes compilation. Again, it's just a few episodes. We've done a lot of them. Um, I've been very pleased with uh, almost every episode we do. It's very difficult to choose your favorites. But if anybody has any input on that, uh, I would definitely uh, encourage that on our Facebook page. And I just want to say I think we've we've come a long way in 300 shows, and uh, I look forward to what God has um, moving forward for the show. And uh, I'm hoping to do another dramatic reading. I know I've talked a lot about it, but with um, different shifting schedules and stuff, we have not yet scheduled that. But hopefully in the next um, few weeks we'll get a date down so we can at least be tentatively moving towards it, and our next project will be, um, as so many of you know, a dramatic reading of Pilgrim's Progress and there will be a lot of small roles and a couple big ones, so just keep that in mind. But I, I'm just really pleased with um, how things have come along uh, with the show. And moving along, another thing that we uh, like to do around here is movie reviews. One of the things that I was really convicted of uh, is the need to give people solid uh, movie reviews, things that they could actually go see. I was kind of challenged by plugged-in movie reviews because they basically have a policy of of reviewing every movie and just reviewing it for family friendliness, yeah, not necessarily spiritual depth or other types of content. And I really wanted to go to the next level and make sure that I uh, put forth shows that would actually help people if they watched them. That's really my criteria for reviewing something on this show is that it's something that will help you in your Christian walk by having watched it, despite the fact uh, that it is known as entertainment. So right now, let's hear some highlights from our movie reviews. This week, we are talking about October Baby. This is a continuation of our celebration of the sanctity of human life. We can talk about love all we want, but until we are forced to live it, we're not going to understand it. The value of a life is untradeable. It, it's huge. It's it's the biggest thing God can give us, give you. And that movie did a good job at pointing that out, even in subtle ways. It showed that beauty is more than skin deep. Not yeah. that Hannah wasn't pretty, because she was. But it just kind of showed that some people, like Jason's previous girlfriend, had, had beauty is only skin deep issues. Very excited to share with you another of our movie reviews. And this is for the movie Ragamuffin. Now, this movie is the life story of Rich Mullins, who was a contemporary Christian music singer in the 80s and 90s. And he was sadly taken from us in 1997 as a result of an auto accident. But he made an impact on a lot of people. A big lesson that was taught was you don't have to be picture perfect to serve God. As long as you're willing to serve him and say, God, I love you and trust you. Most of the people that you're going to talk to, especially if they're fellow believers, they're going to know that God's going to work out as well. So they're going to want to hear something more specific from you. But Rich spoke about the things that he felt called to speak on, and I think that was a good example. 
just a couple weeks out from the Easter holiday, or as some prefer to refer to it as the Resurrection Sunday. And so I think it only appropriate that we talk about the movie Risen. But I think the thing I like the most about it is that it makes you think. Yeah. You know, a lot of times when I watch a movie that's based on a book, I go to the book and I say, well, how close was this to the movie that was supposed to be portraying it? So hopefully people will do this with the book. But even like the quote I chose for the quote of the day is a perfect example of the subtle jabs at truth that they make. Because Pilot makes the statement, it's almost as if he wanted to be sacrificed. That's exactly true to an extent. I mean, Jesus didn't want to be sacrificed. He even said, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. But he knew that if he was sacrificed, then we could be free from our sin. That's what we celebrate in this resurrection time. It's called Miracles from Heaven. You can't dispute that God did a miracle in this girl's life because she was dying from something that had no cure. And as of the release of this movie, she's been three years without any symptoms of her disease that supposedly was never going to be cured. I thought it was very well done. I enjoyed it. I cried. I laughed. Great family film, and it will definitely bring up discussion. And so I hope that many of you will go out and grab the DVD and support these filmmakers because it was very well done film. We finally both watched the movie The Case for Christ. So we're here in the studio to review it for you. We're pretty excited about it. I have to admit that there was some of my ready-to-go skepticism about Christian movies that tend to have <laughs> cheesiness and cliches and things that, that we as Christians can do better. I gotta tell you, Adam, this movie did not have very much of that. It was very straightforward, very... And I, you know, and I looked for confirmation of the things that were in it, and I found that it for the most part, is accurate. There's a couple little artistic changes, but nothing that shakes the story. I just was really challenged by this film. All right, and so there you have our movie reviews. And now, Adam, um, I think we have some written comments from uh, people that are fans of the show or have been on the show, so why don't you share some of those with us? We do. Thank you to our Facebook friends for tuning in and uh, being on this journey with us. Uh, I want to say hey to Angela. She said, congrats on your 300th podcast, more exclamation points than I can count. And she said, wow, in all capital letters. Angela's been a big part of being on the show, too, and a really faithful guest. Yes. Uh, she was our, our very first in-studio interview. So yeah. That, so that is important to note. Oh, that's right. It's like looking through like an old photo album from like 10 years ago with the family, you know. And then uh, Denise gave us a shout out. She said, 300 is a total celebration worthy woo woo i don't think i can make it out tonight but congrats guys wish i could be there and if i could blink myself there i would definitely do it in a heartbeat thanks again for having me in studio this past spring it was so much fun rock on guys and she was one of the latest interviews we did so that works out very nicely <laughs> kind of interesting how, how god put the bookends in there but denise i just had to say um to you in response to that Thank you very much. And also, you make awesome chocolate chip cookies. Yes. Um, Adam was gracious enough and sent most of the uh, plate home with me, and I ate them in my lunch for about two weeks. <laughs> Uh, two or three weeks. And so I thank you for that, Denise. They were awesome. That's exactly why I gave them to you because they would have lasted about two miles in my car. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right. 
Well, believe it or not, I have a voicemail a capability of getting voicemails on my blog. And so I asked people to send in some voicemails for the show that we could share with you. And at this time, we will hear those. Hello, Andrew. This is Denise Dykstra from Life with Four Boys Coffee, please. And I'm calling in to say congratulations on 300 episodes. Thank you for faithfully serving and sticking with it and coming up with new topics. That's really hard to do. And thank you for your friendship with Naomi over the years and having her on for book conversations because she and I have had so much fun talking about those and um, listening to them later. And thank you so very much for having me come in as a guest. I had so much fun when I was there. So congratulations again, and I hope you have cookies and cake and coffee today to celebrate. Congratulations. Hello, Andrew. This is Naomi, and I just wanted to call in and say thank you for all the hard work you've done over the years, putting this podcast out every Friday. That's just amazing. And I would have to say that as a family, we really love the holiday podcasts, and we've learned a lot from those. Um, I've also enjoyed joining you and now Denise in the book club. That was so much fun last time. Great conversation. I've enjoyed reading all the different books you've picked over the years. Um, some I may not have in the past even considered, and in the end, found that I really enjoyed them. So I would just like to say thank you, and I look forward to hearing the next 300 episodes. Congratulations on reaching 300. Hi, Andrew. This is Reagan Van Harn. You, I like your podcast. You make them enjoyable. And you help me learn more about history. Thank you. Hello, Andrew. This is Stephen Van Horn. Your podcast has helped me spiritually, and I really like your topic. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> I love it. All right. Well, uh, thank you very much, Naomi and family, and Denise, for those wonderful voicemail messages. And remember, folks, you can send us questions or comments by voicemail via my blog at any point, speakingforhim.blogspot.com. And if you leave us a voicemail with a question or a comment, we will be glad to include it in future shows. So please do, because we want to continue to make this show and we want to make it relevant to you, the listener. So take advantage of the opportunities to contact us with the information that will be um, broadcast at the end of the show. All right, well, I think we're going to move into our final two... um, Highlight reels. The first one you're going to hear is um, Master Art Shows. Yes. And then I'll come back and say a few words about them. And then we'll, from there we'll go to the book club shows and I'll say a few words about that. So let's do one at a time and enjoy. I have the privilege of having in the studio uh, with us um, the executive director of Master Arts Theater as well as the director of their Next production, The Great Divorce. The Great Divorce is based on the book by that name by C.S. Lewis. He says that Dante wrote about the marriage of heaven and hell. He's really saying it's a great divide. It really is, and can I simply say, it is an imaginary journey of the ghost people from earth to the outskirts of heaven where spirits are entreated to go and entreat those ghost earth people to take the trip and the journey into heaven. I'm really excited to once again spotlight one of my favorite places in the world, Master Arts Theater, with its production of Leaving Iowa. I have invited 
the director, uh, Mimi Russell, and one of the cast members, uh, Brenda Vanderark, to the studio. If you were to give one reason why somebody should come to Master Arts to see Leaving Iowa, what would that be? To remember a simpler time when your parents planned that family vacation and you were going to have a good time. (laughs) And the fun starts now. It helps you to remember when you thought your parents would live forever. Called John, his story, and we have the director with us, Walt Williams. John's story is written by a lady named Jeanette Cliff George, and she took the book of John and is telling the story through the eyes of people who saw the miracles, not necessarily people that the miracles were performed upon. So there's some great comedy, and um, it's a wonderful story from beginning to end. As the director, would love to know kind of the background stuff that happens too. But like, what is, what was the like most challenging part of directing this show? The fact that I have five actors playing twenty seven roles. <laughs> and it is the show, things we couldn't say. And this is about the Dutch resistance during World War Two. So some pretty uh, somber things. Well, I can tell you very specifically why we brought it back. Because on May 14, that is the 75th anniversary of the takeover of Rotterdam. And since Dietemann was there at that time, I said, you hang in there because I want to tell your story. We want to tell your story again. And she was directly involved, and I wanted to tell her story so that we and she would never forget. And so next Thursday is the opening of the Christmas Schooner at Master Arts Theater. And it takes place during the late 1800s, and um, uh, they are of German descent. So they uh, celebrate with the Tannenbaum, or the Christmas tree. Uh, Back then, it was really much, uh, celebrating with Christmas tree or the Tannenbaum was very much a German thing. So he takes it upon himself, uh, because he owns a lumber camp, and he owns um, Oregon, and he was captain of the schooner, to deliver a lot of Christmas trees over to Chicago. The thing is, of course, that he has to travel across uh, the Great Lakes to do that, and um, so, at risk to his own life and that of his crew, uh, they decide to uh, deliver Christmas trees to um, the people of Chicago. You know, it seems like a simple thing, but back in the 1800s, um, was not quite so simple. All right, and that is our highlights of um, my interviews for Master Arts. It kind of... As with so many other things on this show, you get to a certain point when you're producing shows, when you kind of reach, you kind of hit a wall. And you're like, what am I going to do now to make sure that I have fresh content for my uh, listeners? And I started thinking about Master Arts and the fact that every few months they have a new play that they're doing. And they they do interviews on radio stations and such. So I like I thought, well, maybe I should, should interview... Um, master arts for the next show they do and i did and it was well received by both master arts and uh, my listening audience and so i've been doing it regularly for them um i think the first time i did it was about a year or so into the podcast so i've been doing it pretty regularly for them ever since and because they are so important to me and i've been involved in various other ways uh having them on the show was just another extension of that 
Um, my only regret about that particular thing is because of the, the scheduling change with when I do the show, I haven't been able to have them in studio as often. Um, and that takes away from some of the fun. But other than that, I really appreciate continuing to bring you information about these Master Arts shows. And I, I hope that uh, above and beyond just having the opportunity to go to the shows, that some of the evergreen content about what it takes to produce these plays is something that's that's been exciting to you. I know especially that great divorce piece when she's talking about the significance of that story that C.S. Lewis wrote really resonates with me and I wanted to make sure it was included in that reel just because it was such an important uh, play and, and it's such an important book to consider and contemplate. So I just encourage you to check out more about Master Arts. You can check out their website at masterarts.org to check out what's going on with them at any time and we will continue to bring you feature interviews with cast and crew of the shows as long as we are able. So I just wanted to put that out there and now um, we will hear our final reel um, for our book club shows. We discussed the possibility of doing a Speaking for Him book club. We need to be proactive about the entertainment that we choose, not just allow the world to dictate our entertainment. Through this book club, we will be able to give you some solid choices that will not only be entertaining, but will also edify you and give you some serious thinking that you can be doing. It is called 828. The biggest lesson in this book is about what love really is, because we all understand the warm fuzzy of love. We all understand what it means to, to be awakened to loving someone or being interested in someone for the first time and how exciting uh, that is and the prospect of Oh, I get to see this person. We've all been there where we have these feelings. Every wedding that you go to talks about for rich or for poor. And this book really showed two people who were in it for better or worse. Book two for this year, The Paladins. I think this is a great book if you have young boys. This one has adventure and character building. I really like this book. There's one thing that they're told a few times, and that is read your scrolls every day. And it just underscores the need in the real world for daily Bible reading. But I'm very excited that we are going to be reviewing the book Robinson Crusoe. What do you think is the biggest lesson of this book, Naomi? Um, I think it is... Um, redemption because not only is his soul redeemed but then later of course he is saved from the island spoiler alert um, <laughs> but I think that that's really it is, uh, is one simple word is redemption oh absolutely and wanting to go to sea wasn't necessarily bad he realized that he hadn't treated his parents with the respect that perhaps they they deserved or that he knew they deserved Mm -hmm. And he learned those lessons as he's going through his island adventures, and most of it he's going through by himself. Today we have an awesome book to review, and that is Living Among Lions. And, and there's a sense in which no matter how loving you are, people are going to hate you because they hated Jesus first. And Jesus was the most loving human being that ever existed on the face of the planet bar none for all of eternity, you know? 
and you think of that mm-hmm. what that got him was nailed to a cross. And so for us to expect this great treatment from everybody is just unrealistic. Yeah, the Lions I don't think really liked Daniel. No, I don't I don't <laughs> think so either. <laughs> and today we are on the autobiography section of our latest cycle of books and we are going to be discussing the Magnolia story. I really appreciated how they showed through the whole book and then God did this. And then God did this. And we didn't see it at the moment, but um, this is how he was working behind the scene. Just if they would just continue to be faithful, I really faithful to believing that he, he had something bigger planned. And when they were going through their really tough time, they helped each other and how they just worked together so well. It was, it's just an amazing story. All right, and the book club is another one of those situations where, again, I was kind of hitting a podcasting wall and saying, what am I going to do next time? And I have to say that that is a real key to my podcasting success is the recurring things that we can do. Um, We also do a Freeform Friday now, every fifth Friday of the month. Um, I didn't do a highlight reel of those just because I borrow a lot of material from other sources and... Um, I want to be respectful of that and not use that material too often. So that's why that reel didn't happen. But, um, I will say that, um, with the book club, it's just been a blessing to be able to have that recurring podcast where I know this is what I'm talking about on this mm-hmm. uh, session. And it also is challenging me to read books that I haven't read before. And for the most part, read them in book form, although I have been listening to more audiobook versions as I've been busy with school and other things so that I can still get in and lay down the podcast with you guys. So who knows what the next great recurring theme or plan will be as we move forward. We may come up with something, you know, even more zany or whatever. With Chad and Adam, you never know what's going to happen next. But, <laughs> but it's right. certainly been an adventure, and um, I hope you've enjoyed uh, these highlights from the show. We definitely could go on. You know, there's 299 other episodes yeah. to draw from, <laughs> and we really drew from about 22 or 23 of them, I think. And so you still have about 80% of the library, seven or you know, 90% of the library, something like that. I'm not good at math, but it's a good (laughs) amount of episodes that we did not highlight. So go into the archive. They're all available from episode one way back on October 8th, 2012. We recorded it. Mm -hmm. October 12th, it hit the website, and we've been off at a gallop ever since. Um, There's only been a couple times when I haven't had all my shows planned and done a couple off the cuff. But usually I have detailed notes because I've found that that's another key to Sustained success is I have to know what I'm talking about or I will ramble because I have a tendency to ramble even when I do know what I'm talking about. <laughs> so it's very key. All right. Uh, I would be remiss if I finish this podcast without saying some very important thank yous. Hopefully this doesn't go too long, speaking of uh, rambling. But I just want to say, first of all, thank you to Lanzer Broadcasting and Brad Lanzer. Uh, when I came to you with the crazy idea of a podcast, you didn't blink an eye. You said, sure, you can do it. You've supported me all through the years. Uh, we talk every once in a while via email. Um, you are here for episode 200. You just refused to go on the mic. 
But I thank you <laughs> for being a good sport about being in the studio for that. Um, thank you so much to my mom who encouraged me to reach out to WJQ. Thank you to Chris and Emily Danielson who really gave me my start in radio, quote-unquote, as I was uh, a devotionator for their morning show for about three years. Um, thank you so much to my producers, Ch- uh, Adam McNutt and Chad Cashman. I truly couldn't do what I do without you. Um, I can't uh, reach the board. Um, and so, fortunately, you are able to do that, uh, or this podcast wouldn't be going out. And so uh, I'm super thankful. I'm thankful for all the guests um, that we've had through the years. It would take me forever to list them, and I know I'll leave someone out, but I just want to thank specifically uh, Naomi as a regular contributor to the podcast. Um, the reason that she became a regular contributor to the podcast is that for a long time, even when it felt like no one was listening, she was a super fan, mm-hmm. always giving me feedback, always telling me um, how she was blessed and giving me pointers. And so that's why it was a natural fit to bring her on uh, as a, as a regular contributor because she cares about what we do. She supports me and I'm very thankful for that. Um, and again, there's so many other people that have been supportive to me. Dave Dalrymple, who you heard in one of the holiday clips, um, has really been a mentor of mine. He would say it's the other way around, but I definitely feel like he's a mentor of mine. And so, and my parents, definitely, my, my dad really encouraged me to start this crazy ministry called Speaking for Him in September of 2009, which three years later evolved into a podcast ministry. So just so many people to thank my brothers and whoever has given me rides back and forth to the studio. Um, just, just a whole host of people, um, that I know I'm, I'm going to leave out names, but I, I just, have to say that I'm extremely thankful for every single person that has put together this podcast, all the interviews we've been able to do and keep praying for some of the other interviews to materialize. I mean, I, I'm, I really want to get some big names on the show. I have reached out to the sidewalk prophets. I have reached out to author Karen Kingsbury. I've reached out to Chris uh, Anthony from adventures and odyssey. All these people, they know that I want to interview them. Um, they've been gracious enough to at least give me feedback and um, say someday. So I'm hoping that that someday will come, you know, sometime in the next several weeks. You know, I keep telling some of these people, you know, even if we have to schedule out a year, I'm willing to do it to get you on. So I'm I'm dedicated to continuing to try to get the the interviews that will challenge you, it will encourage you, that will motivate you to continue on this journey that we call the Christian life. And so just continue to pray as we continue to develop more shows. Um, and you did, you know, just, just, just pray over the station. They've been a blessing to me. So I just hope that they are able to continue to bless West Michigan for a long time to come. All right. Well, uh, the time has come for final thoughts. So Adam, you want to wrap us up? Yeah, I would love to, man. Um, honestly, I want to thank you. I want to thank you for the opportunity to do this, and thank you for all you do. Uh, you, you've you know, given us so much grace and thankfulness over the past few years of what us producers do, but 
uh, we'd have nothing to produce if, if that's true. You know, if if you didn't bring what you did to the table. So Andrew does all the creative ideas, planning, plotting, everything for the podcast. So if we just ever, show up. We just show up and press buttons. And we basically get to do what people do in an arcade. It's a lot of fun. So <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so is that that's your origins radio? Uh, you just like playing video games and pressing buttons. That's right. Like, that's a prerequisite. Well, why not? Why not get paid for it? <laughs> uh, hey. That's the first thing they ask in the interview. Is it? <laughs> Have you ever been to an arcade? Yeah. Okay, you're hired. Okay. You play Super Mario? You're in. <laughs> so right. I just appreciate it, man. You do Super so much. Super Mario? <laughs> you really dated this thing I did. for all of us <laughs> because that's going back, man. That's going, that's man. Going back. Th- this equipment is that old. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a little green tube coming out of it right now. But I just wanted to say thanks, man. You do so much of the podcast, and I don't think a lot of people know that. So you've literally been the... Uh, been the trunk to keep this thing going. So thanks for all you do. And continue to pray for Andrew in his ministry because he's doing a lot of big things. All right. Well, thank you for that. And with that, I think we'll wrap up this 300th episode Woo! of the Speaking for Him podcast. Very grateful for all of the help. And I hope that you have a great weekend and that you keep serving the best of masters. Thank you for listening to today's episode. Your host has been Andrew Gomison, founder of Speaking for Him. For more information on today's show and to leave us comments and voicemails, visit speakingforhim.blogspot.com. You can find Andrew's ministry at speakingforhim.com. That's speaking, the number four, H-I-M. You can also interact with us at facebook.com slash speakingforhim and on Twitter at Speaking for Him. And when you look for us on iTunes and Stitcher, let us know what you think of the podcast by leaving a rating and review. Oh,